Paul Monty's son, Jared, was killed in action in Afghanistan in 2006 while trying to save the life of a fellow soldier. For this, Jared received posthumously America's highest honor for heroism, the Medal of Honor. On June 21, 2006, the Nuristan province in Afghanistan, Staff Sergeant Jared Monty's 16-man patrol came under fire from 50 enemy fighters. One of his guys, Private Brian Bradbury, was wounded by an RPG and needed help. But there was a problem. He had fallen just over a ridge in what soldiers who were there described as a death zone. Another soldier told Jared he was going to try and save Bradbury. But Jared set him straight. That's my guy, he said. And so he went after him. Despite an intense firefight, bleak odds, Jared tried not once or twice, but three times to save Private Bradbury. The last try, the third try, got him killed. One of the last things he said was that he'd made peace, said Staff Sergeant Chris Grzecki, and to tell his family that he loved them. His parents still mourn his loss every day, but they are forever proud of the kind of man that he was. It's Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Days have been celebrated for about 153 years now. On this holiday, we remember and commemorate the men and women who have died in one war or another, protecting our freedom. It is a day of gratitude for those men and women who gave the ultimate sacrifice. So let me ask us a question this morning. Are we grateful? Are we truly grateful for what we have been given? Are we a grateful people at all? Because sometimes I wonder. Gratitude seems to be a lost art, a lost attitude anymore. It has been replaced in a lot of people's hearts by ingratitude or self-centeredness, a feeling of entitlement. And this is perhaps one of the greatest things wrong in America today. We are self-absorbed. We do not appreciate what others have done or do for us. Our affluence as Americans is a problem, a kind of curse today. You know, we have so much, but what has it done to us and to our attitude? Pastor Bob Russell wrote a book. It's called Jesus, Lord of Your Personality. And he points out that having a lot doesn't tend to produce a grateful spirit. In fact, it's quite the opposite. He asked this. He says, have you ever had a taste of the best that this world has to offer? Let's say you went to Hawaii on vacation once. So now it's harder for you to enjoy the state park nearby. You've eaten a steak at Ruth Chris. So it's harder to be thankful for a meal at Ponderosa. You've driven a Jaguar. So now you can't be as content with your used Chevrolet. You've cheered for a national champion. So now it's difficult to be grateful when your team has a good season, but doesn't take home the title again. Generally speaking, the more we have, he says, the less grateful that we really are. But it should be the opposite. The more we have, the more grateful we should be. It just doesn't usually work out that way, does it? Bob Russell summarized his point with this quote. It is a rare person who, when his cup frequently runs over, can give thanks to God instead of complaining about the limited size of his mug. (laughs) I 
wish I could have had a more in my mug. And I think he's making a valid point that Americans are among the most affluent people in the world, and yet we're also some of the most ungrateful people for all the comparative wealth that we have been blessed with. Have you ever noticed, even in your own life, we see so many new things, don't we? We see technology come out. You know, we see this commercial for this. We see somebody using some new device. We, we see advances medically, maybe, and we, we go to visit somebody, and they've had this new procedure done, and it saved their life when before this was a long you know, problem, and people didn't get any way to, to overcome that. And, and we've seen so much of that that it takes quite a bit to impress us anymore. <laughs> okay, well, all right, but that's just another thing. And because we've been impressed so many times, now we've kind of grown insensitive to that impression. And I see that as a sign of our ingratitude. The last night that we were in Liberia, for instance, as we were getting ready to come back from there, we took Caleb and Monica Sana uh, out to dinner. We stopped at the hotel across from the uh, airport, brand new hotel, brand new restaurant. We went in there and ordered our food. And I thought, man, this is a really nice place. This is the nicest place we've been the whole time we've been in Liberia. And as we're waiting for our food, Roland says to their son, Elijah, who's 12 years old, have you ever been in an elevate, elevator? And uh, he says, what's that? He says, okay, I'm going to show you. So he took him off from the hotel restaurant, took him around the corner to where the elevators were, and just put that boy in there and said, okay, this is what you do. You push these buttons. And he let him push all the buttons. There are only four floors. But his eyes were big, you know, like, wow, this thing just moving up and down. So and let him go up and down a couple times, and they came back, and he's still just totally enamored with this whole experience. Came back very impressed, and Roland let him push all the buttons. Uh, can you imagine what that would be like for a 12-year-old in America? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? This, you're, you're stupid. You know, why would you ask me about an elevator like that? But to him, it was the greatest thing he'd ever seen. Let's learn to open our eyes. Let's learn to appreciate what God has given us. Our text this morning is a short one. Uh, it's Colossians 3.15. Really, really simple verse. It simply says this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And what? Be thankful. And be thankful. Now, I know it's a holiday weekend. I know you have a lot of things going on this weekend. The last thing you want to do is listen to a long and boring sermon. So let me just give a, a few minutes of your time so that I can make three simple points about gratitude because we need to grow in our gratitude. If you're like most people, I think this time will be worth your time. Number one, gratitude must be learned. Uh, if you haven't realized that, realize it today. Being grateful is not something that we come by naturally. Just because we're human beings, we have the ability to talk, communicate with each other, doesn't mean one of the things we'll say is thank you. Gratitude has to be learned. Johnny Creason noted, he said, we are not born grateful creatures. Take a baby, for instance. Um, take a baby for just a little while and you'll probably hold in your arms what could be best described as a schizophrenic. <laughs> one minute they're cooing, the next crying. One minute silent, the next screaming. One minute friendly looking into your eyes, and the next flailing every limb with bowed back and, and uh, with blood red face, one minute smelling sweet, and the next, well, you know what happens next. So it makes a good point. He's right. Babies are not born saying thanks. It is not even the first word they learn. 
And in order for children to learn to return thanks, they must be taught. Now, babies, we have to admit, are probably the most selfish creatures on earth. Now, they are also very cute, so they get by with this. They, they, they get away with it. But don't get me wrong. I, you know, I don't blame the babies for this. I don't think that they're miserable little creatures or anything. I love babies just like everyone else. But I'm just acknowledging that when they come into the world, they are totally self-absorbed. We got one sitting right here, totally self-absorbed. And, and uh, you know, we can't blame him for that. Babies are incapable of thinking about anyone else but themselves. For the first few months of their lives, probably the first couple years of their lives, uh, in our life, you know, we just think about ourselves. We think about what we want, what we need, and nothing else matters. Hopefully, we eventually grow up. <laughs> Hopefully, we learn to think about others' needs and wants as well as our own. And uh, sadly, we have to look around. You know, some people just haven't quite learned that yet. You know, they still think it's all about them. So gratitude must be learned, which, must, which means it must be taught. Uh, someone has to teach a person to be grateful for what they are given because it doesn't come naturally. Now think about those 10 lepers that Jesus healed. Remember that? It was in chapter 17 of Luke. Here was Jesus going through village after village, and all of a sudden he came across these 10 guys out on the edge of a village, kind of made their own little colony because no one else wanted them. So they're living together. They're all in desperate situation. You know, they have this horrible disease, and they're, they're losing themselves bit by bit, outcasts from the village, from their very homes and families, barely getting by, shunned by everyone, and Jesus heals all 10 of them. Did you get that? He healed all 10 of them. He made them completely well, completely whole. He freed them from their fleshly imprisonment. He gave them their lives back. And then he said, go and show yourselves to the priest so that you can be declared clean. And then they could return to their families, to their jobs, to their lives. All 10 of them began running for home once they discovered that they had been healed. But one of them caught himself mid-stride and said, wait a minute. I have to go back and thank the man who did this. And only one went back to thank Jesus. And Luke tells us he was a Samaritan. He was not the one Luke or any other Jew thought would be the one to say thanks. But he knew what to do, and he did it. That's just 10% of that population. Now, that may be about right today. Is it still only about 10% or so who are truly grateful for what we have? Are you one of those 10%? Gratitude has to be learned. But think about this. In order for gratitude to be learned, it has to be taught. It has to be modeled by somebody. It has to be shown what it means to be grateful. We have to see someone else being grateful for us to catch on to the idea. So here's the question this morning for us about gratitude must be learned. Is it modeled in your home? Is it modeled in mine? Do they see a mom and a dad and a grandparent or an older brother or sister that says thank you when somebody helps them, when somebody is good to them? Do our children see us being grateful for what we've been given? Do they see us being content with what we have, or do they see us always grasping for more, always striving for more? Gratitude must be learned. Secondly, gratitude then is a choice. We must choose to be grateful. Is it a choice that you and I make regularly? Are we grateful people? 
Memorial Days come and go. Uh, we've experienced a lot of those in the past. We will continue to have a Memorial Day year after year. We know what they're for. It's a chance for us to, to pause and to show our appreciation for the people who have sacrificed their lives so that we can enjoy what we have, the freedoms we have, the, the blessings we have physically as Americans. But do we take time to do this, or is this just another holiday? Is this, you know, maybe you found yourself thinking this week, another three-day weekend is coming. You know, I get a day off. And that's really as far as your thought processes went. We may have given the purpose of this weekend little thought. Are we truly grateful for our physical blessings? We, we have so much more than the rest of the world. You know, this was really brought to, home to us when we were in Liberia. Uh, we saw a lot of people living in poverty, but, but uh, I don't know that they knew how poor they were. I don't know if they knew what they were missing. If they ever saw what our lives were like here compared to theirs, their eyes would just pop out of their heads, you know. They didn't really know how bad they had it. We were taking cold showers because Monica and Caleb don't have heated water in their home. Uh, and we adjusted to that. We dealt with that. But the people of Liberia never knew any different than that. They don't know what a hot shower is. In fact, as uh, Caleb and I were going to the radio station one morning, 7 a.m. for a show, we're driving down the street, people all over the street getting ready for the day. I saw moms out in the front of their house. What we would be our front porch, but it's really just the dirt in front of the house. Big tub of water, child standing there naked, and moms washing them up so that they can get ready for school or whatever of that day. This is where they take their bath. This is how they do that. And probably the water had already been used for several other people in the family. The youngest one gets the dirtiest water. You know how it goes. This is life for many people in our world, and yet are we cognizant? Are we appreciative of the blessings that we have received? Are we blessed for our warm showers and our air conditioning and our vehicles that carry us wherever we want to go, for vacations, for 401ks, for grocery and clothing stores, just chock full of amazing products? You know, most people in the world, if they saw what we experience every day, they would just, just kind of be overwhelmed and just blown over by what they saw. Are we grateful for even bigger things like the freedoms that we enjoy, the freedom of speech, the freedom to vote, the freedom of religion, freedom to receive an education, freedom to live wherever we want to live? You know, that just list goes on and on and on that as Americans we have been given privileges that most people could only dream of. Are we even more importantly grateful for our spiritual blessings in Christ? So much greater than the physical luxuries that we enjoy. We pause this weekend to thank our fellow Americans who gave their lives for us. When was the last time we paused to thank Jesus for what he gave us? Hopefully, just a few minutes ago, you did that again. But it's rare that we stop to think what God has given us and thank him for it. Harriet Martineau was an atheist. She had a Christian friend, and one morning, they stepped out into the glories of a beautiful day, she saw the brilliant sun peeking through the haze, the frost on the meadow, the brightly colored leaves making their way lazily to the ground, and she just filled with the beauty of it all, and she broke forth with this statement, I am so thankful, I am so grateful for it all. And her believing friend said, grateful to whom, my dear? <laughs> You're grateful, but have you ever thought to thank God 
for what he's done. There's an old legend of a man who found the barn where Satan kept his seeds ready to be sown in the human heart. He was surprised to discover that the seeds labeled discouragement were more numerous than any of the others. He asked why, and he was told that's because the seeds of discouragement can be made to grow almost anywhere. So the man asked Satan why the seeds of discouragement couldn't grow everywhere. And when questioned, Satan reluctantly admitted that there was one place in which he could never get the seeds of discouragement to grow. And where is that? He said, in the heart of a grateful person. Are you grateful? Truly grateful am I. Do we thank God every day for the many things he gives us? Too numerous to count. Gratitude is a choice. And we must learn to be grateful. And we must learn to thank God for every good and perfect gift that he has given us. The third thing I want us to catch today is this. That gratitude comes with contentment. Gratitude is directly tied to contentment. In Philippians 4, 10 through 14, the Apostle Paul chose to express his gratitude to the believers at Philippi for helping him. They had sent money and they had sent other material goods to help him with his physical needs while he was out preaching the gospel in faraway places. Listen to how Paul expressed his gratitude to them. But notice even more the main point he makes here. The main point is that he had learned a secret about life. Philippians 4.10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. That would be Christ. Paul had learned an important lesson. His circumstances, good or bad, were not the source, the, the stimulus, the motivation for his gratitude. didn't matter how much he had, how much he had been given. It was this contentment that brought the peace to his life. By faith, he had learned to be content with whatever the Lord gave him. He wasn't in the ministry for what he could gain from it. He didn't demand anything. He didn't even dream what he would like to have. He simply accepted whatever the Lord chose to give him. You see, peace cannot be found when we are striving for more and more stuff. You will never have peace in your life as long as there's always something more you want. If our goal is to amass as great a fortune, as large a pile of goods as we possibly can, we will never be satisfied with what we already have. Some of the most miserable people on earth are some of the most wealthy people on earth. There's a reason for that, because they have not learned this secret of contentment. Paul said the secret was not to be satisfied with a specific amount at all, whether it was large or small. He had actually experienced both. He said there have been times when I had an abundance. There have been times when I was almost without what I needed. And I was content either way because God was trusted to provide whatever he needed. Paul had learned to trust God, to put his confidence in him. He had learned that the secret of contentment 
with whatever God chose to give him, uh, allowed him to, to be at peace in his life, whatever was going on. So we read passages, you know, there were times he was shipwrecked, and there were times that he was stoned and left for dead, and there were times that he was out in the open sea overnight, or maybe for days, and there were times that, that, that he experienced, you know, almost like a, a physical death going through life, living through, you know, death-like experiences, but he trusted God through it all, content that God had him in his hand, and God would see him through. Even when God blessed him with an abundance, Paul did not put his happiness in his possessions, but in the relationship that he had with Almighty God. Have we learned that same lesson, the lesson of contentment? I think about the three friends of Daniel. You remember them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel 3 tells us about them, that the king Nebuchadnezzar had decided to exalt himself. And so he built this 90-foot tower, and he said, when the music starts up, I want everybody to bow down to me, to this image that I've created, and to say that they worship me, Nebuchadnezzar says. And the three friends of Daniel are the only three that did not bow down in that moment when the music started. And so they were ushered before the king. And the king was threatening the very lives. Giving them one chance to, to turn back and to say no. We'll, we'll deny God and we'll, we'll worship you O king. And when the king threatened their lives with death by fiery furnace. They replied this. They said king Nebuchadnezzar. We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace. The God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us. From your majesty's hand. But even if he does not. We want you to know your majesty. That we will not serve your gods. Or worship the image of gold. That you have set up. Their confidence. And their faith was in the Lord. Not in man. They had found their purpose. They found their meaning for life in God. Not in their circumstances. And they were content to let God decide. Whether they lived or died. Surely we can put our trust and confidence in God as well, right? For he's good for that. He is faithful to us. Life is certainly not easy. Certainly not easy all the time. Maybe some days you think it's not even easy part of the time. It's always hard. Our circumstances are going to go up and down in this life. If you've lived any years at all, you know that you know some years you're going to feel like you know, we're just kind of coasting through this. Everything's okay, no big major problems. And then the next year you're getting slammed by one thing after another. It's just the way life is. We cannot change what might happen to us in this life, but we can change our attitude toward life. And we can choose to be content, whether we have much or little. We can choose to be grateful for whatever the Lord gives us. Or even takes away from us. So I want to encourage you this morning on this Memorial Day weekend to be content with whatever God has already blessed you with. Be thankful for whatever it is, whether it's little or much. And to find that place where you can live in contentment and gratitude and be at peace. Not striving for more. As we close, I want to play a song for you. I want you to just take some quiet time with the Lord. It's a song that's called Even If. It was recorded by a group called Mercy Me. And I'd like you to just let this song's message kind of wash over you today. And let God speak to your heart as you listen to it. Let's listen. Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful that you are our God. 
We're grateful that you know so much better than us. And while we may get puffed up and think that we have this wonderful plan, wonderful dreams, uh, wonderful life ahead of us, if we can just achieve what we want to achieve, you know best. And in this life of difficulty, in this life of trial, in this life where people have to give their lives for each other, sacrifice ultimately their very life so that someone else may live. In such a world, Lord, you know what's best. And we find our contentment in you. We find our peace in you. And I pray today, Lord, especially if there is someone here today troubled in their heart, troubled in their soul. Uh, Lord, that, that maybe their circumstances, their life circumstances today are just too much for them. That they would turn to you and find their peace in you. Lord, if there's someone here today that uh, maybe there's this mountain of difficulties, maybe you know, something's going on in their life that they've not even owned up to, they've not shared with anyone else, that things are crumbling and falling apart, Lord, that, that you would speak to their heart today and bring peace to them, that you would help them to find their contentment in you, whatever is going on, that you will be with them, that you will not leave them, that you will... Uh, never forsake us. Lord, bless them today. Give them the peace that passes understanding. Lord, for each of us, grow us in gratitude. Help us to appreciate what we've been given and help us to be thankful for good or, or a, a big amount or even the small things you give to us that we would understand you are the author and the giver of every good and perfect gift. Uh, Lord, we pray for your blessing on this weekend. May, us, may we be mindful of those who have given so much, but even mindful more of Jesus who gave his all for us. We pray this in his name. Amen. Would you stand and sing with us, please?